Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are diving in really deep to probably one of the most difficult things that Jesus says in all of his teachings. Yes, I am talking about the law and Jesus saying he is here to fulfill the law. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. Chris Winterman. Marie Burns. So join us as we go deeper. So I guess it's time for us to really kind of buckle up or settle in for what could be a very interesting conversation Mm -hmm. about the law and the fulfillment of said law. Uh So this is, uh, according to my notes here, we are... What, chapter, Matthew chapter 6? Is five. that kind of where we are? Chapter 5, okay. Chapter 5. Oh, yep, there it is, right there on the page that's open for me. The fulfillment <laughs> of the law. Because there's constantly a lot of confusion about this passage in yeah. modern Christianity. So, <laughs> let's go for it, Marie. All right. Well, th- we, we have these verses where Jesus is speaking. And he's saying, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Um, For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And it, it continues to go on. And I guess the first question I have is, what is the law? Are we talking about the Ten Commandments? Are we talking about Leviticus? Are we talking about the entirety of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, which I've heard referred to as the law? So, Mm -hmm. when he says this about the law, what is he talking about? Well, when, you know, when when a Jewish Christian or... Jewish Christian, there are Jewish Christians, but when, when a Jewish person in that day was listening to Jesus mm-hmm. and they said the law, yes, generally they mean the whole of the Pentateuch. So okay. that's that's just the common understanding. So that's okay. most likely what Jesus was referring to. Okay, but also <clears throat> when you look at any of these discussions, these discourses that Jesus or anyone gives, mm-hmm. um, you always have a lot of factors to consider. Uh, you know, you consider the original language, you consider the time frame it was in, but the two most important things in a discourse like this, I think, are who is Jesus talking to, and this passage is just a part of a larger section. Right. So, who is he talking to in particular, and secondly, what is the context? What's the pericope? That's that's one of those fancy mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Um, fancy. <laughs> what what is the setting in the text for this discussion? So, if you go forward just a little bit, you know he he like you say he goes on to say mm-hmm. if you ignore the least and teach others to do the same, you'll be called the least. Right. But then in verse twenty. We get this really jarring statement. So Jesus saying, I haven't come to abolish, but to fulfill the law. That's that's not as jarring as what he's about to say here. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the law or, or the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So we, we got to understand there, Jesus is talking to people who looked at the Pharisees and the other religious teachers. There were actually more groups than just the Pharisees. And, and they were, it was almost like denominations, like they were mm-hmm. divided on mm-hmm. whether or not the resurrection was bodily or just spiritual or yada, yada. Okay. So when he says teachers of the law, there are various groups. But when Jesus says that, these people would have thought of people, mostly men, who were so worried about following the law mm-hmm. uh, that they would go to these extreme measures. So, so mm-hmm. here's just one example. You know, in, in according to the law, ingesting insects was forbidden except for a couple of very specific types. Mm-hmm. So they would strain their water so they wouldn't swallow a gnat. I mean, they went to the nth degree of the law. They had the law, but then they had... Just numerous volumes from various rabbis and rabbinic schools about how to further live it out. Mm-hmm. So they had made things really, really complicated. Mm-hmm. So what what you're saying basically is they were concerned more with the legalistic view of it than what the original intent of the law was, which was to, in my understanding... Uh, teach our hearts, train our hearts to be more in tune with God. Yeah. Well, G- so Jesus, Jesus is a master orator. Yeah. I mean, he he sets up these points perfectly. So he says, "Your righteousness has got to go. It's got to surpass those." Again, they're all going to think, "Okay, what in the world? This, this, mm-hmm. That's impossible." Because mm-hmm. look at the degree they go to. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is telling them it's not about following more rules, like mm-hmm. you're saying. Right. And he, he, he opens this up by going into the very next section. He says, okay, unless your righteousness is better than theirs, unless it surpasses theirs, mm-hmm. you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, you've heard our ancestors were told, or mm-hmm. some translations say, you've heard it said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gives these, um, I, think, I think it's five examples of various points from the law, yeah, uh-huh. you know, um, Six, uh, you, you must not murder. Well, he mm-hmm. says you, you must not murder. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard it said, you must not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. You've heard it said, a man can divorce his wife by giving her a written notice of divorce. You've heard it said, don't break your vow. You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And you've heard it says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So, yeah, those are the six examples. And in each one, he says, you've heard it said this, but I say. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of people could take that to say, well, Jesus is throwing the law out the window. You know, you've heard Mm -hmm. the law says, but I'm telling you Mm -hmm. something different now. And, And see, what I see here instead isn't Jesus negating the law. He's taking it. And he's adding to it. He's adding a depth to it that says, "I want to. I want to deal with the heart problem right. that causes these things." So, when we were teaching Leviticus, to your point, mm-hmm. a lot of the research when we were doing this, a lot of the a lot of commentators, theologians, people smarter than me out there, pointed to 
because of the culture of the time, because of where they had been and coming out of Egypt and living in a polytheistic world and God trying to move them into a monotheistic way of thinking, a lot of the law back then was not expecting a heart change necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was it was rules and they were they had a purpose. But when they would do the sacrifices and try to live into the law, there was never really an expectation for a heart change that that doesn't come until Jesus. And so when we read these words like I have come to I have not come to abolish it mm-hmm. but to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Is that then giving it the depth that Kyle is talking about? So we move it into an expectation that now you can have a heart change. Yeah. The the law moves in when Jesus arrives on the scene. The ma, the 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 law moves from being external mm-hmm. to internal. And if you think about it, even Jesus said somewhere. Somebody please let me know where. But he was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, and he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you look good on the outside because you are doing following. All the right things. You're doing all the right things. And I think that's where Jesus comes in, and he's talking about unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, what he's saying is you've got to do more than just walk the walk. Or you've got to do more than just talk the talk. Right. You've got to actually walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Well, so this also is the the section where Jesus gives something that messes a lot of people up. Mm-hmm. At the end of this section, the, the 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 cap to this part of the discourse in uh, verse forty eight. But you are to be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. So. There's there's a lot of things going on here. So go again. Go go back to the law. What what you said, Marie, was was really good because you had all these gods, and the way that people knew the different gods or recognized them was by the way the people who followed that god lived and acted and mm-hmm. looked and talked, etc. So some of the Old Testament law is moral in nature, mm-hmm. like the Ten Commandments are moral mm-hmm. in nature. Right. However, some of it is not moral. Some of it is just God is unique amongst all the other gods. Mm -hmm. So God needed a people who were unique amongst all the other peoples so that people would recognize who the one true God is. It's not that God's a glory hound. Mm -hmm. It's that God is the only one who can offer salvation. God is the God of all peoples Mm -hmm. and God wants all people to come to him. So part of the point of the law was to help people see there is a different God. Right. Who's mm-hmm. worth following. Yeah. And I think that was part of the things that trips up a lot of people when they run through books like Leviticus mm-hmm. dealing with the law and things like, oh, wear your hair like this and don't trim don't, the edges of your beard. Don't, don't, don't mix your threads. Your, don't yeah. mix your threads and everything. And it those things weren't I, I don't feel to make you holy, they were to well, because holy means set apart. Yeah. But they weren't they weren't there for like a behavioral thing. They were there to make the Israelites look different, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yes. Than because the people God, that were around because them. God is different from all the other gods, and, yeah. and that's really important. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So you, you fast forward to this discourse, mm-hmm. and Jesus says, "I haven't come to abolish the law; I've mm-hmm. come to fulfill it." So I, I wouldn't even say not 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 correcting you so much, Kyle, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say Jesus was even adding to it. Mm-hmm. 
I think Jesus was showing the intent behind it the whole time. Yeah, that's that's really what I. And if you, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I figured. And and you know, if you fast forward to Paul talking about the law, mm-hmm. Paul talks about how the law itself is powerless. Mm-hmm. All the law does is show us how much we need a savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he says, but wait, that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, it just means it. it it's there to show us. How much we are in need. So yeah. Jesus says, look, I've come to show you, I've come to fulfill it. So basically he's, without saying, he's saying what I'm about to say doesn't mean I'm throwing the law out. As a yeah. matter of fact, Jesus takes every one of those deeper. He takes yeah. it to a righteousness that surpasses just keeping the letter of the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says the point is not being good. See, that's... My opinion, and I, I was one of these people at one point. So many people look at the Christian faith as being good, mm-hmm. and it's not about being good. It really is about a relationship with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jesus tells them, "You've got to have more righteousness than just checking off boxes." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then he goes down, and after he talks about the law and takes every one of them deeper. He says, okay, now be perfect as your heavenly Father Mm -hmm. is perfect. Now, that word perfect, the Greek word is teleos, and Mm -hmm. it it does not carry the connotation of being without blemish. When when we hear the word perfect, we have all these assumptions that come into our minds. So, words are like that. So, for example, Mm -hmm. in a different part of the country or in even different countries around the world, if you say the word sausage... Mm-hmm. You're gonna think of different things, like mm-hmm. like here in Louisiana, you say sausage. A lot of people are gonna think boudin, mm-hmm. or if you say sausage up north, they're gonna think of something different. Or mm-hmm. another quick example: I was eating uh, Christmas dinner with a person from from uh, Britain one time, uh-huh. and she asked me if I'd like any pudding. I said, "Sure, I like mm-hmm. I like <laughs> chocolate or vanilla. Do you don't like that pudding? <laughs> well, it, pudding means dessert. So she uh-huh. served us like this this like fruit and nut cake, and, uh-huh. I, and I was like, this is the weirdest pudding I've ever had. <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, it, what I thought of as pudding mm-hmm. wasn't what they meant. Yeah. So yeah. Jesus uses the word teleos here, and it's translated mm-hmm. as perfect, but it really doesn't bring out mm-hmm. any connotation of being without yeah. blemish I'm, I'm or seeing without that. fault. It's it says complete. Complete, whole, mature. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh-huh. Jesus says, if you're just checking off boxes, your faith and your relationship with God is not complete. Mm-hmm. It's not whole. It's not mature. So you 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 think of a child, mm-hmm. like all three of us here are parents. There is a point where we need to use a healthy fear of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to move our children to, to proper behavior. Right. right. Like, I, I, if if my three-year-old were to run out in the street, uh, busy traffic, right. I don't care if it's fear or love or what that keeps them out of the street. Mm-hmm. I want to keep them out of the street. Yeah. Yeah. However, as that relationship grows and develops, you don't want them to do what's right just because they're afraid of punishment. Yeah. You want them to do what's right because of love and respect and and concern and care. So that's the kind of relationship we want with our children. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of relationship that God wants with us. Mm -hmm. Quit thinking about checking off the boxes. Jesus simplified the law. Later on, he's asked, what's the the most important commandment? Mm -hmm. He said, there's two and they're equal. 
Love God with all you are. Love your neighbor with all you are. Now, I would say, or love your neighbors yourself. Mm-hmm. I would, I would submit that while the Old Testament law is far more detailed, mm-hmm. the law of love is equal parts more freeing and more restricting. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is the law yeah. of love. I may be able to do something by the law, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I should. Right. So I actually curtail some of my rights according to the law, mm-hmm. and I'm going to act in the best interest of the other. Right. Because of love. Jesus's uh, whole take on this is, uh, and you can see it time after time here, especially one of my favorites is the eye for an eye. Jesus is asking asking us to give up our right of retaliation. Mm-hmm. And that is really hard yeah. for 21st century Americans Yes, mm-hmm. to give up our right of real- retaliation. No, this person said something mean to me. I have to... I have to correct them. Yeah. They said something I'm wrong. Treat them. I need to be right. I'm going to treat them how they treated me. They did yeah. it first, so uh-huh. it's only fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? Be, being being a person of God is not about fair. Right. I mean, love is not always about fair. Yeah. So that, that's an interesting one um, about the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, if a person strikes you on the right cheek, mm-hmm. turn to them the other also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jesus is not there in in my estimation saying you are to stand still and allow violence mm-hmm. to be done upon you. Right. right. He's not saying be a doormat. It's a it's a cultural culturally specific thing that's happening there. Mm-hmm. Striking on the right cheek, they wouldn't hit you with their left hand, they'd hit you with their right. Yeah. If they hit you on the right cheek, it would have to be a backhanded blow, mm-hmm. which was an act of reproach or insult, mm-hmm. not so much an act of violence. I see. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying don't respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, you turn the other one, and so if if you're to strike me with your right hand on the right cheek, and I turn mm-hmm. the other one there, you would hit me with an open hand blow yeah. that actually causes you to violate the law. That, yeah. See, there were laws on what you could do, what mm-hmm. was considered acceptable hmm. or not. Yeah. But then Jesus, in the same thing, he goes on to talk about loving enemies. Yeah. Now here he was the one that would have stung them. You know they're living under Roman occupation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Jesus talks about if if uh, someone co- fo- forces you to go a mile with them, go go an extra mile. And that's right. where we get the yeah. phrase "go the extra uh-huh. mile." Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Roman soldiers could grab any citizen under Roman occupation and force them to carry their gear yeah. up to a mile. Up to a mile, and th- these people were hated, and that you know this. Kyle, you, you, you preached a sermon a while back about how Jesus didn't necessarily come to overturn institutions or systems. Right. He came to change people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jesus here wasn't, he wasn't condoning the system, but he also said, you know what? Show love and humility even to those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what makes the Christian life so radical is... No, they don't deserve love. I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. never says they deserve your love. Yeah. But then again, do we deserve God's love? No. Nope. <laughs> we hadn't done anything to earn it. Nope. No. Not only have we not done a thing to earn it, we've done everything we can to to spurn that love, to, to, to mm-hmm. shun that love. Yeah. So, what do you think, Marie? <laughs> I, th- I mean, it all makes perfect sense to me. And I think when we talk about 
um, getting, it's, it's easy to look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees when we read these stories and it's, and point a finger at them and say, wow, look how wrong they got it. But I can't help but feel a little sting mm-hmm. as I sit here and, and I listen and I think about how we react in today's age with um, follow, wanting to follow the letter of the rules to the detriment of hurting others. Mm-hmm. Not talking about sin here. I'm talking yeah. about um, the way... The way some will cling so hard to what it says in the Bible to the point of they're not loving their neighbor anymore. Mm -hmm. They're beating them over the head with a book. Right. And how that will cause people to stumble with regard Mm -hmm. to Christianity. And And that's exactly what those Pharisees did. They they used God's stuff mm -hmm. to keep people away from God. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you read through the Gospels... That's what Jesus gets the most upset about. Yeah. And it's not that we shouldn't utilize the Bible and what it says. This mm -hmm. is God breathed and Mm -hmm. and I I believe what's in it. But at the same time, when you're presenting it to people, if you're Mm -hmm. beating them over the head with it, not only are you not changing their mind on anything, but you're creating a negative view about it. There are ways in which to go about teaching this and entering into relationship with others that helps them understand the depth of it, just like Jesus was trying to do with them here, the, mm-hmm. what, what's really underneath all of this. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is still sin. Yes, we should still call that out in one another in Christian love, in relationship, not beating each other over the head with it. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that gets me is, as you talk about like the whitewashed walls and how they're following it to the letter, how many of us are... And I was kind of called out on this very thing this morning. Just we're we in this day and age can talk the talk. We're coming to church, yeah, or we're coming to church the requisite number of times in a month <laughs> to be called a regular attender. Which Pew Research says I think one point six or something. One one out of every six Sundays, yeah. and we're we're coming to church on Sunday and we're ticking that box. But as mm-hmm. soon as we walk out the door, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to that I would say. Just because you're not called into full-time ministry doesn't mean you don't have a ministry. Mm-hmm. So, if if you're feeling that sting of, well, I leave church on Sunday and it's not going anywhere with me, I need you to know that your mission field is your office. And you are better than me if that's where you are, quite honestly. Yeah. Because you are where the people are. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, I have learned so much about God's interaction with us through the different phases of being a parent. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you were talking about the the love and how we, you know, beat people over the head with this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it reminded me when we were first introducing baby food mm-hmm. to our firstborn son. <clears throat> and the pediatrician said something or, or gave us this recommendation that turned out to be wildly brilliant. He said, don't introduce the sweet stuff first. Mm-hmm. You know, start them with, you know, mm-hmm. at a very early age, start them with the stuff that's, you know, more bitter, green beans and the whatever. The things that are not necessarily, that we wouldn't think are fun to eat. Right. And uh, I think sometimes we we go into this world with this idea of, 
oh, but but I only want to feed this person the sweet stuff that mm-hmm. they're going to enjoy because that'll make them happy. Mm-hmm. But but later on down the line, they're not going to desire the the things that are going to give them the nutrition mm-hmm. they need mm-hmm. to develop a healthy lifestyle. Right. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in the church is we stay so far away from some of the less pleasant stuff and we only do mm-hmm. the happy, you know, this is nice, friendly Jesus right off the bat. Well, there's an, a, an element of that. Mm-hmm. But then as they mature in their faith, they're not going to want to seek that more difficult to, to eat nutrition. Right. And the, a testament, my kids yeah. will eat broccoli and asparagus on their plates before anything else. Nice. You know? <laughs> yeah. It at least worked for or, me. Or, yeah. or, or, or my Brussels sprouts they, that were the yes, best ever. Yes, that's your Brussels said. sprouts, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Charlie did like your Brussels sprouts. Well, there is this really neat concept that I was, I was, um, was brought to me in seminary. And the concept is called progressive revelation. Mm-hmm. So the idea, the general idea, is that God deals with humanity not where we should be, but where we are, mm-hmm. but with the goal of bringing us to where we should be. Mm-hmm. So basically, giving humanity what they can handle. So the Old Testament law was, like you said, there wasn't a great expectation of heart change because it wasn't possible yet. Mm-hmm. So God says, okay, I'm going to give you this system. I'm going to give you these rules and just do, do what you can with that. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus comes and says, okay, by the way, now we're going to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knows because he, he would tell his disciples as he was preparing to leave, look, I need to go. And the reason I need to go is for your good. Because yeah. if I go, then your helper is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. Mm-hmm. And and you read in Paul's writings, it's by the Spirit's power and the Spirit's internal change. See, we are the new temple. We weren't prepared to have the Holy Spirit until Jesus made atonement for, our, for us to be mm-hmm. cleansed. So when the Spirit comes, Jesus knows now we're going to have the ability. And, and Paul wrestles with that. You know, He says, you know, look, the, the, the good I want to do, I'm not able to do. The mm-hmm. things I don't want to do, that is what I do. So what, what, what hope do I have? Mm-hmm. Well, the hope is in Christ Jesus and through the indwelling, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So neat side note. In the garden, God breathes into humans. Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is there with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sin happens. There is some level of separation from us and God. The Holy Spirit shows back up in the Old Testament. The pillar of fire by night, the cloud mm-hmm. by day. Yeah. Holy Spirit dwells in the meeting place. They build the temple. Holy Spirit is there, right? Mm-hmm. In Ezekiel, Holy Spirit says, you know what? Uh, we've warned you enough and enough and enough. Okay, we're out of here. Gets up and goes out. I believe it's the East Gate. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is silent almost from then on until... He reappears at Jesus' baptism. Mm -hmm. Now, check this out. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, and he rides in the same gate that the Spirit left. I like that. I just got chill bumps. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So, Jesus reintroduces the Spirit, but then he tells them all in Jerusalem, that temple is coming down. Mm -hmm. There's a new temple. And that's Mm -hmm. what Paul says. We are now the temple 
We, we, we are now the residing place. Mm-hmm. So as a Christian, and I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I can testify to times when the Spirit of God, not audibly, but just internally has mm-hmm. said, yes, this is the right thing to do, or yeah. uh, yes. no, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And it's through the Spirit's power and presence that we're able to live into what Jesus tells us. This is what the law is about. Yeah. Man, that's see, I I promised you right at the beginning this was going to be a good conversation. I think we've delivered on that, huh? <laughs> we have, and I could do more, but yeah, I don't know what time it is. <laughs> well, we are coming up on kind of our, our unofficial time limit. Um, so, any last thoughts before we kind of say see you next week? I'll uh, I'll take my other thought and. Put it into the Q&A. Okay. Which is a great segue. Thanks, Marie. You're welcome. Because <laughs> next week, we do have another Q&A session. So it's your last chance before next week to get those questions in. Send them to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. We need more questions, and we want to answer yours because we feel like it's a great opportunity for us to really meet y'all where you are and, and kind of help us explain... And at least share our thoughts Mm -hmm. on how all this stuff works together. So if you're new to the podcast, I'd ask that you would go ahead and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are, whether that's on Podbean or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Podcasts. Also find us on YouTube. You can just search Trinity Rustin wherever you are. You'll find us. And I, I do have a final thought. You do have a final thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, everybody wants to be um, uh, sensationalized and controversial on social media platforms. Oh, Absolutely. All right. So here you go. No, no. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Oh, Golly. <laughs> <laughs> he really just did that. We're going to get all kind of hate mail from that now. It's not as bad as Anna. I, I really thought we were going to get a really bad dad joke. I was just bracing for impact. No, but. we'll save that for next week. Oh, good. And at that, <laughs> thanks for listening. We will see y'all next time.